to the Spirit of West Texas podcast, where we are having real conversations with people who live and work in West Texas. Our guests this season will tell us about their big dreams, and they will share about their challenges and successes that they've had throughout their journey. Listen in. We hope you'll learn something and maybe even have some fun with us along the way. Well, good morning, Amy. Good morning. I feel like I need to. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> good I need morning. To, I feel like I need to change that up and give a different delivery on my good mornings every once in a while. Okay, give it a shot. Hey, good morning, Amy. What's up, Jared? <laughs> hey. Okay, we're being annoying. Yes, that's okay. real top. Well, uh, speaking of big dreams. Yes. Our guest today has major big dreams. Major big that, dreams. that really kind of pulled through for him. That's do you right. want to tell us about And he's a good friend of yours. He's a good friend of mine. Yes. Full disclosure, Kobe Colley and his precious wife, Jen, are some of my closest friends. Kobe is founder and owner of Local Legends Print Factory, a company he started as a side hustle in 2003 while he was working as a youth minister at a local church. He and Jen started their business with one screen printer in their garage and have grown their family business to 14 employees and more than $2 million in profit per year. Wow. It takes a big dreamer to pull something like this off. Yeah. Kobe, Jared, he's not only a savvy businessman, but a wonderful husband, father, and friend to many. Few people may know this, but he's also a pretty darn good surf instructor, okay? No kidding. Yeah, after many failed attempts to stand up on the surfboard, Kobe managed to coach me well enough so I could hold my own on the board before busting my rear at the lake this summer. So he has an incredibly inspiring story of hard work and entrepreneurship, but really it's his philosophy on leadership and philanthropy that I believe you're going to find most endearing. So listen in with me as we hear about Kobe Colley's big dream of changing the world one t-shirt at a time. Ah, I like that. Let's do it. Let's Let's jump in. All right. Welcome to the podcast studio, Kobe Colley. I've never seen you get red, but you oh maybe are blushing a little bit. <laughs> We're so happy to have you with us on the Spirit of West Texas podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm going to be honest. I did not expect like this to be so legit. It's like, legit. I, I was expecting like me and you with an iPhone. So <laughs> no. this is awesome. I know. We graduated. We, up, we updated, right, Laura, from a, like a plastic table and chairs to a yes. for real podcast studio. Yeah. This is yes. great. So um, my good friend Kobe leads our couple small group. Um, and so this past Sunday, he made us start with an icebreaker. I hate icebreakers. Kobe apparently loves them. So um, anyhow, I thought it would be fun to start our conversation today with an icebreaker, just as a little payback to him for doing this to me the other night. So awesome. I'm going to pick a card here for you from my deck of table topics. And you have to answer this question. Jared, you do too. Oh, okay. Is it worse to discover your fly is down, spinach is in your teeth, or toilet paper is stuck to your shoe? Oh, fly down. hundred <laughs> percent. Is right. the worst? Yes. Oh, think? no, I don't know. I think I think toilet paper would be worst for me. Stuck to your shoe or coming out of your pants? Oh, <laughs> coming out <laughs> of the that pants is definitely top no. of that list, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't worry about it on my shoe. I have stuff like stuck to my shoe all the time, I feel like. The fly doesn't bother me that much. I, it, I think it happens to me quite often, actually, where somebody goes, hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's, uh, I think probably... Probably toilet paper on the shoe out of the three. See, I think the worst thing is when you've had a long conversation with someone and then you look in the mirror and you see that you've had a piece of food in your teeth or like a booger in your nose and Mm -hmm. they talk to you for half an hour and 
never told you to me that's the worst so i have a wife that if i have something in my teeth she literally like gets her fingernail and like, goes at me and it makes me i'd rather just leave it in and just not know about it in public like will she do that oh yeah while, oh, oh yeah good. Good for her. my wife she has zero shame honestly she would probably do that to me yeah she would <laughs> good that's those are good friends to have that's i'm true. telling you yeah i told you they were good friends okay that was fun so tell us kobe about your business local legends print factory yeah, we, uh, I started making t-shirts kind of by accident, uh, back in, uh, 2003, uh, like most t-shirt shops, it kind of started as a, just a hobby and, you know, wanting to make yourself cool shirts. So I was a youth minister at the time and I had all these little skater kids in our youth group. And so as a way to kind of like connect with them, like they were just like funny seventh, eighth grade kids and everyone was a poser, right? They're like, that was like their favorite word was a poser. He's a poser. Even Tony Hawk was a poser, right? It's crazy. <laughs> so we kind of made this little t-shirt line called Poser Wear. And the idea was that we're all supposed to like imitate Christ and be like him. And so we're all posers. We kind of tried to like flip that to teach them something and ended up just making like fun shirts and had a little shop in town that I found. I had this lady making us shirts and eventually I got tired of paying her to make them and waiting on her to make them. I was like, I can figure this out. And so got on eBay, bought like a little kit for like a thousand bucks or something like that. Got a loan uh, to do that. My parents made me get a loan. They co-signed for me. Maybe it was two thousand dollars, and uh, yeah, I started trying to figure out how to how to make shirts. And uh, through a lot of trials and frustrations and ups and downs over the years, um, we've grown it. And now uh, we're we're located here in Lubbock. Uh, we uh, have 13, 14 employees right now. Uh, six production staff, four designers, and customer service, and just a um, couple sales reps. And, uh, yeah, we just have a lot of fun doing what we do, making t-shirts and, um, trying to have fun with it. Okay. Kobe has a great story, Jared. Um, and this is really why I wanted to have you on the podcast. Jen told me a story one time about how, when you first got started, like one of your first orders, y'all screwed up. It was like an 11 was supposed to be a four or something. All all of our first orders we screwed (laughs) up, like for the first several years. But uh, yeah, one in particular, I think she told you about, um, we're in our, our house, single car garage. Uh, I have a little press in there. I have, I'm like cleaning screens in our kitchen sink, which my wife loved. Um, I mean, it was just total disaster, right? Uh, so one of the first shirts we did, it was for like a little band, like worship band or whatever. And it had the, the scripture was Philippians, something or other. And I still can't tell you how to spell Philippians. And no one can I, spell I, Philippians. Yeah. So it either had an extra L or an extra I, whatever I did was wrong. And I was like, man, that was like 40 shirts. There's no way I have like $90 to go buy new shirts to replace these. So we literally got like toothpicks out. We're like dipping them in the ink and trying like to <laughs> write the I into a L. And I wish I would say that's like the only time that ever happened. That, that, we've got toothpicks out more often uh, than I would like to admit. Uh, but that was one of them. So we've done all kinds of things to, you know, try to fix our silly mistakes. So do you still have two p- toothpicks out? <laughs> um, we don't, but we do have some little paint brushes that we can correct some things, but it's uh, not quite as bootleg as it used to be. Yeah, no, it was really, I mean, I, that's her telling me that story. I thought, oh my gosh, this is like a story of entrepreneurship. I love it. Um, so aside from the fact that you felt like you could do it yourself, what, I mean, when you were in college, what, what was your dream? Like, what, what did you want to do? So I think I, I had a little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit uh, built in me when I was 16. I got a mobile car wash. And this was like when these things weren't popular. And so I would walk into a bank like this and ask like the tellers, like, hey, can I, can I wash your cars? And they're like, what do you mean? Like, and I'm like, I can do it in the parking lot. And so it's kind of a weird concept, but it, it taught me to kind of get out of my comfort zone. It was super hard work. Um, and I, at that point, I started loving the idea of the harder I work, the more I make and, you know, seeing those results. And so did that kind of through high school. Um, in, in college, I 
kind of got into youth ministry and I started working at churches and, and doing some, some things like that. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that it, when I was in school, I was actually studying psychology and that was, I was literally a senior fifth year senior had not picked a major and the advisor is like, you, you have to pick something like at some point you got to get something that matches up to get you out of here. And so psychology was the quickest way out. And so, um, yeah, I have a psychology degree. Uh, my mom doesn't like me telling this story, but I, I tell her that she could give me a sticky note and ask me to write everything that I know about psychology on it. <laughs> and there would be lots of room left over. And she's like, no, I'm sure you, you know, and remember things like, no, I, I really don't, but had a great experience at Texas tech. And that's where I met my wife and created lifelong friends. And so I don't know much about psychology, um, and didn't learn much about business there, but, uh, you know, maybe it all goes together in some way. So you are a youth minister. You're, you're trying out the poserware business. When is it that you thought to yourself, okay, I think I could really make a living doing this. I enjoy it. At what point did you make that decision? Yeah. So it was always kind of a side hustle, um, that I didn't have a lot of pressure to grow, which was nice. I didn't have to sit down, write a business plan, uh, come up with some, you know, five-year plan. Um, I really just allowed it to grow organically, um, because it wasn't like my main thing. Um, as we started having, having kids, I'd been in youth and college ministry several years and, uh, um, I transitioned to be a director of a nonprofit and, uh, we worked in India. So I was going to India now like three times a year, taking, you know, mission trips and groups over. And so it just got, got to be kind of hard, like managing different things and hired my first employee, like several years into the business, like, like my first employee that was outside of like a buddy or my mom, um, came, gosh, I don't know, seven, eight years into the business, which is kind of crazy. Otherwise it was at night and weekends and afternoons, whatever. So, uh, so as that kind of started, started growing, um, started adding people to the team, it kind of just got where I had to like pick, you know, what I wanted to do. And I think at that point I knew kind of had a little bit of the formula, saw a little bit of like what I could do with it, but I'd always kind of felt like my foot was on the brakes. I wasn't sure like that's what I was supposed to do. And so, uh, at some point it just kind of became apparent that I wasn't doing either job very good (laughs) and I had to kind of, you know, pick one. And so, uh, did that and went the t-shirt route. And then from that point, this was probably seven years ago or so. Um, I really started trusting people and hiring people. And I realized pretty quick that the people I hired were smarter than me and better than me. And so, um, when I started trusting people and hiring people, like, and investing in equipment and allowing things to grow, um, things just started taking off. How have you, you say you've grown your business organically. What does that look like? So it's crazy. Like I had a sales rep in, um, not long ago and he's like, where, where's your sales reps? Like, where's their offices? Are they out in the field? And I'm like, well, I have one sales rep, um, that does this kind of as his full-time job and he kind of does his own thing. Um, but we just check our emails. Right. So that's kind of been our story the whole time is we've just kind of relied on our customers to refer us, um, and just kind of grow. When I say grow organically, it's like that, like, I'm just now trying to learn like sales for the first time, trying to learn marketing, which we should have a meeting and you should consult me. Um, (laughs) But marketing, advertising, sales is all like, I'm actually not good at any of those things. Uh, And I'm trying to learn now that we're kind of trying to grow and scale and and we've created more capacity. Um, But up until this point, really, we we get to work and we get on our email and we answer the phone. And sometimes people walk in and we're like, okay, if you want some shirts or hats, like we can do them. And that's kind of been our, our strategy as simple as it sounds, but, mm-hmm. um, it's allowed us to grow at, I think a comfortable and, and healthy pace too. Even you walked in here this morning and he's brought us all t-shirts. Yeah. I mean, you know, you don't, you're, you're not totally in the dark about what you're doing. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're, that's you're a new getting thing, it. Though. Tell me about you. You talk a lot about Kobe, people over 
profit. And um, you want, you said this just a minute ago, you want to create a fun atmosphere for your employees and culture is important to you. But I know it's just kind of who you are. You're fun. You don't want to be doing something that you're not having fun and loving. Tell me about how you've hired these 14 people that you have working. Cause I know it's not been, you've been really intentional about who you've hired. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, protecting our culture and culture kind of is like this cliche word that we, we throw around a lot, I think now. Um, but, um, we, we've really like, it's so important to me to like protect a certain culture that we have. And that comes with hiring the right people. Uh, so when I'm hiring, um, I'm looking for someone that fits our culture above really their skill set because I believe you can train people um, to really do anything, pretty much. So if someone comes in, they might be uber talented, but I think if they're going to be a bad fit or they're going to kind of rub people the wrong way, like I'm, I'm not going to go there because it's so important uh, for me. It's in our mission statement to create jobs that our team members love, right? And so I don't use the word employees, like very rare. I may slip every now and then. But we try to have this like team um, atmosphere, team dynamic. I call them team members. I'm part of the team, right? Um, and I want when I say people over profit, that's more for me. I don't like say that to them a lot, um, but that is like something that's at the forefront of my mind all the time because I will tell them like, look, I want you to know that you're not just a means to my end, right? Like I care of you, I care for you as a as a person a lot more than I care for you as a screen printer or a press operator or you know whatever it might be. So. Um, and I can say that when I hire someone, um, but I know that's going to take a couple of years to like prove to them, you know? So that's kind of where we're at. And then as far as the fun goes, like that's part of our culture. I like, I, I remind them all the time, like we're not doing kidney transplants. Like we're not doing brain surgeries. It's t-shirts. Like we get to have fun. We get to be creative, wear what you want to work, get tattoos, like have fun, be creative. And if we're not having fun, we're probably not being productive. We're probably not like doing something right. And so that's kind of one of our rules. Like if you start dreading, coming into work, like we need to have a talk and we either need to fix it or I need to help you find somewhere else where you can like go have fun. Because if we spend 40 hours a week together, like why? So many people go to work miserable and it's just like, that's what I do. I'm living for the weekend. I go to work and I'm like, that's, that's not cool. So we really try to have fun. So that might look, that looks different all the time. It might be a foot race in the parking lot, or it might be going to celebrate birthdays, or it might be volunteering. For volunteering. kids, yeah. Yeah, just whatever it might be. Or it's, I feel like Michael Scott and sometimes in the office, like I'm just there <laughs> just to make everybody laugh at me. So I come out of my office all the time with something random and I know they're talking about me when I leave, but it's just like the role that I, <laughs> that I kind of have embraced. Um, but it's so important to like keep things light. So if I sense like things being tense or whatever, like that's part of my job is protect the culture. Like let's have fun. Let's figure out what's going on. And if that's at me just being an idiot and that's what it is. Right. So, so Jared, Kobe provides lunch for his employees every day. They eat lunch together every day. Oh, wow. That's yeah. Uh, just to try to help to build culture and tell me about that. Well, that was a great idea when there was like two of us or three of us. I think it's still a great <laughs> idea personally. <laughs> yeah. That's getting a little more difficult. Uh, now it's like catering a lunch every day. Um, but I do that for different reasons. I mean, part of it is for our like efficiency. Everybody's like not leaving, you know, different times. Uh, but a lot of it is for us just to have a moment each day to, to kind of like get like off work mind and just like be forced to sit and hang out and, and talk. And so, um, yeah, that's been a, been a great thing. We've had to try to be creative to, you know, kind of how we do that. Um, but it's been it's been awesome, like culture builder for us, too. It's just not been great on the budget. Well, I know, <laughs> yeah, I, bet. I know that um, your your faith. Uh, is extremely important to you and a big part of your business. Do you mm -hmm. want to talk a little bit about what role that plays in, in terms of how you lead your team? Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, I mean, you know, I used to say, and I think I, I probably said it, and other people said like, so when did you like leave ministry and like start doing business? And I realized like that's like a false statement because you never really leave, leave ministry if you're, uh, you know, a kingdom person. And so, um, I feel like now, like I'm just as much in ministry as I ever was like on staff at a church. And in fact, maybe, maybe more. And so it's just a little messier and looks a lot different. Um, but I, but I do, I think it comes from just the belief that, um, I believe God has entrusted these people to me. And so when we talk about being good stewards and good managers of the resources God has given us, most of the time we think of money, right? Um, but people are our best resource. And so I believe God has entrusted these people to me. And so as an owner, um, I'm also there to be their friend and mentor and, and guide. And so, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just that. So faith plays, plays a part of everything and, um, everything we do. And it's just been the story of our thing, because like I said, like, I'm not very smart. Like this thing, I say it's an accident, but I think it was, it wasn't like all planned out, but I think it's been God's plan. And so, um, so yeah, faith is just like trusting that, uh, like right now we're slow, like, okay, I know God has a plan and purpose, like, you know, things will pick up and, um, he's done it all these last few years in spite of, you know, my bad decisions or whatever. Um, it's just kind of lunch every day. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like, I can, I can get you lunch, but your check may not clear, <laughs> but uh, you're going to be full. Uh, no, it's like that, but it's just, yeah, it does. It plays a part in, in everything we do. And we're not like churchy about it. We don't right. do devotionals every morning and stuff like that. But I mean, I just try to be real about who I am and Um, some of my team members are believers and some aren't, and that's totally cool. Um, but yeah, I I believe the guy just kind of has his hand on what we're doing Mm -hmm. and that's a part of our journey. So how does that translate into your, your thoughts and philosophy on philanthropy? Well, uh, even, even in our mission statement, like the third part of it, um, is, is about just giving to others. And so, um, one of the things I realized is like, I was doing that like by myself, like giving money, serving, whatever, getting involved in stuff. Um, but a couple of years ago, I realized like that was kind of cheating the rest of the team, like into like being a part of that side of the company. So it was like, I'll do it, but they don't really know. Cause I don't want to seem like I'm bragging or whatever. Uh, so we've tried to make more of an effort to bring them into like what, what we can do as a company to help. So, uh, like one example is, uh, there's a, there's a group of, of men that meet at our shop on Saturdays for breakfast. One of our, one of my team members uh, named Fabian does an awesome job with this group. These are all like ex like incarcerated guys, guys that have just gotten out of jail, uh, addictions, like different stuff. So we host, like he cooks breakfast for them. They have a great, like, you know, Bible study and different stuff on Saturday mornings. Um, and, and even with that, like, I'm sure to ask him about that in front of the rest of the team so they can see like, that's something small. It doesn't cost much money. We just provide a facility and breakfast and, um, but it's lives are like literally being changed and it's a way that we can help. So in our mission statement, you said earlier, changing the world one t-shirt at a time is kind of just a joke, but whenever you take it down the line and you start seeing like, um, even outside of just the, the actual t-shirts that sometimes do change lives because they're raising money for things or whatever. Um, but just in the sense of how it's changing team members lives and how it's changing like others lives by being able to provide resources to help them. Um, that's all kind of part of this. It's all like the same thing, right? It's part of the, part of the mission. So what is the craziest order that you've ever had? Like, has there just been an order that you were like, oh my gosh, we're never going to get this done or that's just, that's yeah, stupid so, or that's um, bad artwork or whatever. It, it almost happened uh, Monday this week, but uh, sure thing, <laughs> this guy called me from central Texas. And he's like, Hey, I, I need to, or, this apartment complex in Lubbock needs a thousand shirts and they need them tomorrow night. And this is on a Friday. They need them Monday night. 
and they're six color front, six color back and blah, blah, blah. Like, he goes, I know it's impossible, but I thought I'd call you. And I was like, dude, I love stuff like this. Let's do it. So anyways, <laughs> they didn't get there on UPS. They got behind. And so we missed out on it. But uh, a few months ago, uh, we did an order. This was a, a fun order we did um, for a nonprofit that we work with called Preemptive Love Coalition. Uh, and it was an 8,000 piece order that said Peacemaker on the front. It had a really cool print, uh, super high-end uh, retail t-shirts. Um, and just a just a fun print. And they, I think they were using it like they were sending it out to their donors and supporters just as a thank you. So it was a massive like budgeted thing for them. Uh, but it was fun for us. Like we love doing the projects that are like we said we love to serve people that serve people. Right. And so when it's something that has like a meaning behind it, like we love doing Team Luke stuff. We love doing Beat and Bow stuff like we love like the companies that we really believe in. All of those projects are like fun. And I guess you said crazy, not fun, but crazy orders happen every day. But that one's like kind of a bigger one, I guess. Mm-hmm. 8,000 shirts. That is a lot of shirts. Yeah. 8,000. Where do you even put 8,000 shirts when you... Yeah, all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> They're like in your bedroom at home. <laughs> yeah. In your car. What do you, What has been the most difficult part for you? You say you're not a, you know, you're a philosophy major. You're not a business guy. What's been the most difficult part of owning a business for you? Oh, I think it's the most difficult and also like the thing that brings the most joy is just, I mean, it's people. Like people are messy. People are inconsistent. People are tough. And sometimes they're grateful and sometimes they're not. And just kind of riding that, that wave of like, showing grace towards people, like wearing the different hats of like, I want to be your like friend and I want to be there for you, but also have to like put on the boss hat and hold you accountable. So I think some of that has been, has been challenging, but it's also kind of like my passion. And and there's days, like, it's not perfect every day. There's days I'll leave and they're like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going to buy a match and a gas can. We're (laughs) going to burn this mother to the ground. Like today (laughs) we're going to do it. And so there's those days. Um, and usually those are people related, you know? Um, but then there's days where I'm like, most days, like, man, I love my team. They're awesome. Um, they have my back. I have their back. And, um, but yeah, people are always going to be a little bit complicated and messy and, and including me, like I'm probably the worst. Um, but yeah, that's been challenging yet fun. How do you stay motivated oh, and man. inspired maybe as a creative yeah, person? So w- one of the things I've, I've done lately is I try to, um, not like mimic other companies, but I've really tried to like, <clears throat> put a lot more into like my education. I listen to lots of podcasts. It's the first one I've ever been on, but I listen to lots of them <laughs> of companies that are like a few steps ahead of us. So I get to like get ideas and learn from them, but it also gives me a vision <clears throat> just for like what, you know, what they're doing and um, where I think we're going. Like, I, I think we're on the cusp of like <clears throat> a whole lot of growth because I think we're kind of at this tipping point where we have a great core and a great base. And so I still have a, have a vision for, for growing and, um, you know, not just kind of settling with, okay, we're doing good. We're, somewhat profitable or, um, not 2 million profit. Like Amy said, that was 2 million in revenue, which is, we're really (laughs) proud of. If we were 2 million in profit, I'd be really excited. When you're 2 million in profit, we're going to bring you back on here and we're going to do it. We're going to celebrate. I'm going to buy y'all lunch too then. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I just try to like, um, I'm just having fun with it right now. Like it's a challenge and it's, it's fun. I'm learning from others, getting challenged by others. And, uh, it's just fun growing, growing a team. I feel like we're like a part of something that's a little bit bigger than just t-shirts at the end of the day. So your top priority for you, I know, um, is family for you and Jen. So how do you balance owning and running a business and being an active and involved parent? Well, I can say I manage it a lot better now than I did in the past. Um, and that's come from providing a, or like building a really good team around me, um, where I can kind of focus my job description on things that can really be done for the most part in nine to five type thing. 
Um, and so, yeah, that's one of the awesome things. Like I, I love owning a business because it provides that flexibility to spend time with my kids. And on the one hand, you never turn it off. I mean, my phone might ring at night and I may have stuff on my mind, you know, at night where I want my team members to like shut things off when they go home. Like do not think about t-shirts when you go home. Um, but, but I think just like as we've grown and, and I've kind of created this little different role for myself, it's just, it's just created more opportunities to, to be with the kids and travel and spend time at the lake in the summers. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's probably my favorite part about being an entrepreneur and owning a business and creating that flexibility. I haven't been in your shop that many times, but more often than not, I see your dad there. Yeah. Your parents. I mean, it's, it's a family business. I know your parents are mm-hmm. so proud of you. Well, they were super supportive when I started. In fact, my mom, I tell people all the time, my mom is by far um, my best employee I've ever had, <laughs> team member, right? Because I tricked her into helping me like do like bookkeeping and stuff early yeah. on. And then it was like, hey, can you go pick up shirts? And then it was like, <laughs> hey, can you learn how to print shirts? And before long, because I was running this nonprofit, um, like she was like working really hard, uh, like super hard, like harder than anybody I've ever had. And she was not getting paid very much at all, if anything. Um, and so she, like, my parents are awesome. And, uh, they still like at the drop of a hat would help me do anything. Like if someone brings in a shirt, like yesterday, someone brought in a hoodie that had like a, a seam, like a tear in the seam, like take it to my mom's still. She'll like sew it up and she like loves it. Uh, my dad retired a few years ago. And so he's kind of like, um, hangs around looking for something to do. So if I can find something for him to fix or or work on, uh, he is, he is awesome. And so I've had such great support, um, getting started and even, even now. Kobe, I was going to ask you originally, you know, what advice, and I ask this a lot for, for small business owners on the podcast, you know, what advice do you have for people that are thinking about starting a a small business or have an idea, um, or a big dream, but I want to rephrase that, um, what advice do you have for really anyone who is, you know, maybe a smaller role in an organization or even a bigger role? How, what, what advice do you have for, for coaching them on how to sort of view their job as something more than just a job as a, as you know, somebody that feels like I'm in this small role and I'm, you know, I'm folding t-shirts. I don't feel like I'm making a difference, but I have a deep desire to do so. What, what advice do you have for them? Yeah. Well, one of the cool things, like over the last few years, I've, I've gotten the opportunity to get to just kind of influence and help like a lot of like smaller shops and smaller businesses, uh, specifically like t-shirt shops, because everyone starts like t-shirt shops at some point in their life in their garage, I feel like. And so <laughs> um, I actually love that. And, and a lot of my, I've, I've, we probably had 10 plus customers of mine that have decided to do it on my own, do it on their own, just like I did at one time. Um, and they're always a little awkward, like telling me that. And I'm like, dude, that's awesome. Like, I want to help you out. And so um, I've got an opportunity to really help a lot of smaller <clears throat> businesses and kind of help them not not make some of the mistakes that I make. Um, but but a lot of the stuff is not just like the how to day to day like stuff. What, what I like to really talk to them about is kind of this big picture, like treat your people good. You know, um, create, you can't really build culture if you just constantly you don't take care of people and you have new employees like every month. Right. Uh, so you got to create some consistency. You got to build a culture around your company. Like, who do you really want to be? Like, write down your core values. Like, who are you? Who do you want people to say you are? And what, what do you want to live out? So some of those things I never thought of early on. And it was all just like the technician side, right? Just the how to whatever. Um, but, but as I've grown, I've realized like <clears throat> the culture kind of can breed productivity and efficiency. And you got to hire the right people and you have to take care of them the right way. And you got to treat people like people that you care about. Uh, so I think, again, it goes back to just being passionate about people. 
Um, but, but yeah, there's, there's going to be the challenges along the way. I had a conversation, a long conversation with a guy last night that talked him out of starting a, a t-shirt business. Like I didn't originally he told me he was doing it. And I'm like, yeah, hey, that's awesome. I'm going to help you out. It's going to be great. And then he's realizing it's like a terrible idea. And so I'm like, okay, I didn't want to tell you this. Cause I didn't want you to think I didn't want you to start, but here's really what you should do. And so I, I really get it. Like, um, like love getting to help people like with the entrepreneurial spirit, if it's t-shirt shop or whether it's something else, like just learn from some of my mistakes and journey. And I do not have anything figured out. Um, but what I do, like the little I do, I like to share. I feel like you should write a book. Oh yeah. Not even a long, just some sort of, don't you think? Oh, that'd be terrible. You no, know, I think I th- Laura could proofread it for you. She can help you write it. I'd read it right now. Let's I do know. It. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm serious. That should be your big dream. I have an idea for a book. It has nothing to do with t-shirts. <laughs> what does it have to do with? Raising a daughter. <laughs> and, uh, and it's just well, going to, it's I just going to be, I would definitely read that book. It's gonna, <laughs> the cover is going to say what I know about raising a daughter. And it's just going to be blank pages. <laughs> <laughs> that could apply to any kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're they're uh, I, I like to read books and uh, listen to, listen to stuff. I'm not sure I'd be a great contributor there. Well, if you ever decide you want to let me know, cause I would okay. totally buy your book. I think it would be great. <laughs> so last question for you. Um, what is, what, what is next for local legends print factory? Uh, that's a great question. Something I'm kind of working on today and every day right now, but, um, you know, we're just, I'm just continuing to invest into the company. Um, right now, like I, I'm so focused on kind of three things, especially this year is I kind of like trying to pull myself out of day-to-day operations, um, because that's where I'm comfortable and that's what I like and that's, what's easy for me. Um, so I'm trying to really make myself focus on things like growth and culture and, and finances and stuff. Um, and so that, that's been the big question, but, uh, right now we're just investing a lot. Like we're, we're thinking through automation. So I've been talking to my awesome banker, Sam here at First United Bank, uh, Thank about, you for that. yeah, he's all, he is, he's <laughs> awesome. And I'll just speak to that. I, I didn't have a relationship with the, with the local bank for all these years. I just kind of went with what was easy and who worked with, you know, like our industry specific, like lenders and, um, really got like super high interest rate. It wasn't the best deal, but they just made it so easy. And I was intimidated by like a, like a local bank and all of that. Um, and Sam, Amy recommended that I talk to Sam and, uh, he has been awesome. It's been such a comfortable deal. I can call him, call him last week. Hey Sam, I need some more money. I need to buy some new equipment. Um, and so we're thinking through growth in that way is what things we can automate, what things that, that we can do to make our product, uh, just higher quality, more consistency, um, and so there's always equipment and stuff. I started out with that, you know, $2,000 press or whatever. And now we have, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment that's really producing the same thing, uh, but a much higher quality that's going to last a lot longer. And so, um, so yeah, we're just thinking through, through growth and thinking through new areas that we can, we can grow. Like I said, I'm, I'm a newbie a little bit at the sales, but our capacity has grown as we've become more efficient. Our team's gotten better. We have better systems, new equipment. And so now I got to figure out how to fill up that capacity and, uh, and just how to, how to, you know, get more sales and, and make more customers happy. Kobe, you are such a delight to listen to. So inspiring. Thank you so much for being on the spirit of West Texas podcast today. Awesome. Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. So last question, this is really mm. the last question. Will this be the summer? You got your 360 last summer on the surfboard. Didn't oh, you? dang. I, yeah. Like <laughs> a couple of times, but I failed so many times. Okay. So what's the goal for this summer? Oh man. 
man. You know, you've been pretty nice on the podcast. I was thinking a way to get you back. I, I, <laughs> as the boat driver, you have like plenty of ways to get people back, especially if I get you on an inner tube. Um, but, uh, the goal this summer, yeah, I got to get where I can do the 360 and not make people wait like hours in the boat. Like my kids hate when I'm just trying to do this. His five-year-old so daughter. One more time. We, yeah. We named our, <laughs> we named it. our boat one more time because everyone is like one more time. <laughs> one more time. <laughs> so maybe I can get, get a little better, but I'm not getting any younger or any more athletic. Um, and so it just is torture for everyone, but yeah, it's fun. So you really, do you, do you mess with people when you're driving the boat and really try to screw them up? Oh, absolutely. Like I... <laughs> like talk so much trash to my kids and we end up like having the biggest family fights, but also like the best family times on the, <laughs> on the lakes. I think you've been mostly on like adult trips. It's a uh, way more pleasant and chill. And so, um, we got to do that some more. Okay. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Appreciate it guys. Amy, I, really 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 like Kobe I know and I've don't say this that often but I could spend all day just listening to his thoughts and his philosophy on different things and he's just a good dude that I could just hang out with yes I think. he is I mean and really that's how he is all the time yeah I mean he's that fun and that kind and that genuine and um I mean that everything about him is real. I mean, it's yeah. funny to me that he once had his, his business is once called poser wear um, because <laughs> he's funny. anything but a poser, yeah. you know, he's pretty much as real as it gets. So, well, I think part of what worked for him, his uh, philosophy is mm -hmm. his passion is the people. It's, mm -hmm. it's the people that he's with and the people he decides to work with. And I think that is a great takeaway from this thing. And he's, it's not about the job you're doing. It's about the culture and how you're going to fit in and I care about you as a person, not about what you're doing for me. And that I think is a huge reason behind his growth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He, his people first philosophy. I think it's, it's incredible to hear him talk about his approach to leader leadership and really probably mentorship yeah. um, because he takes a person that may not be, as he said, the most skilled, but um, he feels like you know, they would fit in with the culture and then he pours into them yeah. um, and really cares about them and wants them to grow and be the best that they can be personally and professionally. And, and what that does is it's like the ship rises. Yeah. Right. Um, and so it's an interesting approach to small business ownership and leadership, yeah. but one that is incredibly inspiring to me. Yep. You can teach and train people to do their jobs, uh, but getting to know the person behind everything is that's the hard part. Right. And he's brilliant at that. Right. I also think, um, you know, you can, you can tell, I mean, he, he, he built his business from the ground up. Mm -hmm. I love when he said that he learned at a young age, I mean, in high school, as early as high school, when he had his mobile car wash business, the harder I work, the more I make. Yes. I wrote that down too. I think that's an incredible statement. And when you figure that out at a young age, you just have it ingrained in you too that you're going to be successful. Mm -hmm. And don't you like when he says that and he says, you know, the harder I work, the more I make. I mean, I just know that he's not just talking about money. Do you oh, know what yeah. I mean? The fruit yeah, of sure. his business and as his, his business has grown is more than just that's making a profit. And yeah. so I think that's, that's what's so great about that statement coming from him. You know that he works hard in his personal relationships. Mm -hmm. You know that he works hard in his family. You know, yes. you, you just get that sense about him. Yeah. Uh, so yes, that's very true. No, that's he's very true. great. He's a great friend, a great dad, a great business owner, 
Um, for anybody listening to this podcast that has an interest in Local Legends Print Factory, you can learn more about Kobe and his business and his team at LocalLegendsPrintFactory.com. And they do all kinds of stuff. They do t-shirt screen yeah. printing. They do embroidery. Got they can order promotional products. Over here, yeah. yeah, I mean, kind of get the feeling if you ask for it, he shall make it happen. <laughs> He'll figure out <laughs> He's a way. up to the yeah, challenge. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm glad we had him on. So uh, until next time. Yes. Thanks for joining us today on the Spirit of West Texas podcast. Bye.